And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, Dr. Frank Imbarato. Hello, Dan. Frank, it's good to have you with us today. Um, this is the first time we've had the pleasure of having you on the air with us. And I'm just wondering if you can tell the listeners what you do. Um, there's many doctors in this world, but you are a medical doctor. So maybe you could take it from there. I appreciate it, Dan. And thank you so much for allowing me the privilege of uh, being here and speaking to uh, the audience of uh, Redeemer. I'm a family doctor. Um, live in Goshen, New York. I was uh, trained in uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and when the training was finished, we jokingly said that a family doctor coming into a rural area takes care of people from womb to tomb, mm. and indeed, I had the privilege now for uh, 27, 28 years of uh, caring for people. My office is in Monroe. Mm. I came to the Lord in 1994. And um, the practice really took a different turn when I became a Christian as the practice became a mission field. And in 1996, I took a seminar through CMDA called The Saline Solution, hosted by Walt Laramore and Bill Peel. And that drastically and revolutionized my my vision and my mm. purpose in life and since then, everything I've done prayerfully has been missional, not only in the office and at home, but I've had the pleasure and the privilege of uh, serving internationally now for the last mm. 12, 13 years. I, it's, it's something the listeners can't see. Is I, I, we, you were trying to find us all the way from Goshen. You finally got here, and uh, my directions probably weren't the best, but when you drove up, I thought, this is not a typical doctor. He's driving up in a kind of a normal car. It's not an Audi. It's not some fancy sports car or whatever. Not that those are bad, but it's just a very um, humble car. And I thought, this guy's real. <laughs> anyway, uh, doctor, it's good to have you here in the studio. Um, the Christian faith uh, is wonderful. Um, we, we love our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, because we love him, we want to obey him and um, before we open the mic, you you opened us in the word of prayer and mentioned in that prayer the Great Commission. And I know that um, since Christ has saved you, you have a passion for the Great Commission, and um, in particular, um, helping people um, using your medical skills. Um, not only do you practice there in Goshen or Monroe as a family doctor, um, you do go into the uttermost parts of the world. And maybe we can get started talking a little bit about um, some of the missions activities that, that you've been participating in over the past several years. One of the greatest impacts that I've had in my life is an organization called CMDA, Christian Medical and Dental Association. It's a large national organization from uh, Bristol, Tennessee, and mm. currently there are about 18,000 doctors and dentists as members, and at any time there are approximately 3,000 of us that serve internationally on the mission field. Uh, the short-term mission arm of CMDA is called GHO. There are about 40, at least 40 ministries within CMDA, and the short-term mission arm is GHO, Global Health Outreach. And I've had the pleasure of serving and leading teams with GHO since 1999, 
the purpose of these GHO teams is really to evangelize and disciple. Uh, we work with national missionaries all around the world, uh, Africa, Asia, uh, Eastern Europe, Central America, South America. Mm. And the national missionary um, knows the landscape, <clears throat> knows the infrastructure, and has is, their fingers on the pulse of the national Christian work and where the harvest field needs to be. They organize local pastors, and we work with any pastors that have a credible uh, profession of faith, and we try and break down some denominational barriers as long as they truly profess Christ and the gospel mm. and hold true to the Bible. We go into the areas um, in these third world countries, and we serve the people, and everything is with the purpose of evangelizing and discipling uh, these folks. Um, one of the greatest things we see on the teams is really the inf the transformation that happens on the uh, in the hearts of the team members. They come to serve and uh, they ser come to bless others, and they are so much more blessed than mm. um, they end up giving blessing to others, as the scripture says. It is mm -hmm. much greater to, to uh, give than to receive. And do you? Um allow others to join you on the mission trips who maybe are not a medical doctor? That's a great question. The teams are composed of doctors, dentists, pharmacists, uh, surgeons, if there's uh, going to be a surgical uh, profile on the team. But probably over half the teams are non-medical, non-dental. Mm. They're, they're logistical. We typically, in a, in a typical team, We'll minister to the children. We'll need folks to do children's ministry. We need help with the pharmacy. We need help with evangelism. Uh, we need assistance with crowd control. We also do eyeglasses, mm -hmm. and it's not that difficult to be trained to um, uh, measure people's eyes. And one of the greater blessings is even just simple eye, uh, readers' eyeglasses that help people with uh, reading. Um, they don't have that luxury in, in many places that we go. So the teams and the mission trips go up on the website. People uh, see the teams, the trips listed, and we're privileged to have, as I said, a team a week that goes all around the world. That's and, tremendous. And a team a week. On an yeah, average, about yeah. 48, 50 trips a year. It's beautiful. Now, you mentioned CMDA, and it rang a bell because... Um, several months ago, I got a call from a doctor who was uh, bringing to my attention that one of the features that we were carrying really wasn't that good. And uh, he was critical of it with a good spirit. And I said, well, we do need some, some good features. And he directed us to CMDA. And they had some PSAs and that sort of thing. So we picked up as many as we could. And we tried to sprinkle them throughout the day because their content was very good. So uh, it really rang a bell when you mentioned this organization. I didn't realize that you, that's the one that you were associated with. I see that we we have a break coming up, but what we'll do is after the break, maybe you can um, tell us a little bit of your own experience leading up to um, um, becoming a doctor. Just really quick, what what is it like? What do young people go through as they start feeling the call maybe to the medical field? and uh, the training involved and the frustrations and, and maybe we'll pick that up after the break stay with us we'll be right back 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Let me find your grace in the valley. Let me find your love in my death. Let me find your joy in my sorrow, your wealth in my need, that your need And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today is Dr. Frank Imbarato. We're talking about medical missions, and uh, Frank had mentioned to us that um, you're with um, CMDA, and um, there are some 18,000 doctors and dentists in this organization. Uh, there's this short-term missions opportunity, global health outreach, and um, your goal is to minister to many people, particularly in third world countries. And uh, just backing up a moment, I'm interested, um, how did you become a doctor? Um, real quick, what is that like? What did you go through? Back in uh, high school, uh, science and math came relatively easy. Through college, uh, science continued to be fascinating to me. Uh, And uh, for misdirected reasons, as far as uh, not being a Christian, I felt that uh, going into medicine to just with the goal of helping people and uh, serving others, and there was also in the back of my mind a job security issue. and as I said earlier, uh, it really didn't impact me, the, the gift and the vocation of medicine, until I did become a Christian mm. when I, I realized what a privilege it is that I could mm. really touch a person and impact their body, mind, and soul right. in, in a greater way than maybe any other vocation, especially as a family doctor where people are coming uh, to us with all sorts of problems, um, relationship issues, somatic symptoms or physical symptoms that are based upon relationship issues or stresses in their lives. And mm. we can really speak into their heart. And and as I mentioned, the saline solution that I had been exposed to in 1996 taught us how to be, taught me how to be salt and light in my profession and uh, be very uh, bold with uh, 
dropping faith flags and mm-hmm. ministering to people and and not shying away from uh, bringing Christ into the conversation and sharing the gospel with my patients and praying with the patients. And, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it really has impacted the uh, environment of my office as well as um, has impacted the hearts and has transformed and caused actually the conversion of uh, some of the staff in the office. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, the um, human being is so much more than just the physical, and I think that's what's coming out here, uh, that um, we are body, soul, and spirit. Um, we've got the mental, certainly. We've got the physical, but it's we're made in the image of God. And when he quickens that spiritual part of us, we come alive in Christ. Uh, that's the whole man. That's the whole woman. And that's what you seek to minister to. Tell us more about uh, missions. Uh, suppose there's a maybe um, a college-age kid out there just uh, trying to sort things out, figuring out where they belong in this big world. Maybe they want to get involved um, in a support role in uh, missions, in this global health outreach, possibly even on one of your teams someday. Uh, How might that uh, get fleshed out for this young person? I strongly feel that for anybody to step out in faith and go on a mission trip would revolutionize their lives and impact them for the future in a way that they could never imagine and God would do a mighty, mighty work in their heart to transform them for God's purposes. If somebody has a heart to serve and that's the only requirement really to go on a mission trip is the desire and a heart to serve, uh, CMDA on the website, cmda.org, uh, they, their trip calendar is listed they can uh, look at the time frame and the location where they might want to serve. And usually, especially for young people, if they're connected with the church, can get support from from their church and their, their deacons, their elders. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, family members would usually uh, love to support them. The Central America, South America trips are a little less expensive because the travel is not as far. Mm-hmm. They're shorter. They're only about one week. The Asian and African trips are a little bit more expensive, and they typically are two weeks, a little more than two weeks. What about somebody that's out there that's uh, kind of skeptical? They say, you know, this is a this is the modern world. Why do we have to send somebody all the way over to uh, Asia or Africa to help out? Uh, can't be that the needs are that big. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in fact, w- one of the focuses we have now is the 1040 window. The 1040 window is actually expanding the uh, onslaught of um, Islam, not only in the Middle East, but into Northern Africa, into Europe, Eastern Europe, is very aggressive, and um, they are very intentional about conquering the world mm-hmm. uh, through either conversion or through um, even violent means. And um, I'm speaking now as an individual, not as a representative of right. CMDA. Of, of course. Um, but we are very aware that uh, Christians need to be very mindful of the mandate to go, which is the Great Commission. We need to go make disciples and baptize them, trusting that the Lord will be with us always. Mm. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly, we even see it here in the United States. The, there is a, 
uh, decline in true Christianity, true Bible-believing, gospel-believing mm. Christianity, and the need for uh, people to reach the unreached and the unengaged throughout the world is is more critical now than it ever has been. Mm. It seems like missions never goes away. There's always a need, and the needs are huge. Um, someone might say, um, well... Um, you're a Christian. You should be out there preaching the gospel. Who cares about the physical? Uh, how, what would you, how would you answer that concern or objection? When Jesus Christ was ministering throughout his, his life in the three years where he was um, discipling the apostles, and he came along and with love and compassion saw those in need, he tended to always render help to their physical needs before he he would commission them spiritually to go and sin no more or to go and be faithful and go to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And we feel that unless we give the water, give those who are thirsty the water and those who are hungry food to eat, then uh, we really diminish our witness as mm. Christians. So it is necessary to really supply the, their physical needs and then come alongside of them, mm. and that's what gives us the privilege to share the gospel mm. by touching them physically, mentally, and emotionally. A real simple example: it's almost like uh, someone has a headache, and you got this. You know how it feels when you got a splitting headache, and somebody's trying to explain something to you. And the last thing in the world you want to do is listen to what they have to say because the headache is throbbing, and that's mm. the biggest problem in your life at that mm. point in time: is that headache. When it finally subsides, you say, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting what what uh, Frank has to say there. <laughs> yeah. Let me think about that. Yeah. So you're right. It's it's uh, And a lot of what we uh, find, especially in the mission field and, and in, in private practice as well, is developing the trust in, in the relationship that allows you the privilege to share the gospel. Mm. So one way we develop that trust is by ministering to their physical needs and um, that will really impact them where they'll trust us with um, other relationship issues. And what, what about, are there certain kinds of uh, treatment or medicines or whatever that, um, let's say you're in another country, um, that maybe there's rules or regulations in the country and you're prevented from certain types of care uh, only because of the rules, or is there any boundaries like that that are challenging to you as a medical doctor in a missions context? The majority of trips I've served on have been with CMDA and GHO. CMDA has been around for 70, 80 years. GHO has been around for over 50, 60 years. We do have close relationships with the embassies and with the customs, and we know exactly what the requirements are going into a country. We... um, Typically, we'll bring all our medicines and all our equipment. Uh, there's a few countries where we have inventory and warehouse stock, but uh, most of the time we are traveling and bringing things across customs, and and that is well regulated. But it's also um, we also respect their yes. their rules and regulations, and and we work with them. And usually, it's fairly well received. Mm-hmm. especially if we go back into another, into a country on a regular basis. Now, in um, third world countries, um, I don't want to be too general, but um, what are some typical ailments that 
repeatedly you see time and again that's that's so troubling to people that that you can help them deal with it's geographically uh <clears throat> different i've yeah. been in siberia and clearly what you see in siberia is going to be different than what you see in africa i've mm. um for instance ethiopia we will see a tremendous amount of um malaria tuberculosis hiv and those countries do a fair fairly decent job in trying to control those big three diseases. They have uh, health centers that are set up, but um, we know that compliance and taking medicine is, is difficult. There's mm-hmm. a tremendous problem with skin diseases, um, pneumonia, um, and gastrointestinal problems. Even trauma goes untreated. We, a couple of years ago, I was in Ethiopia, and an eight-year-old boy came in and um, we looked at him, and he was actually walked in, and his fibula, which is one of the bones in the lower leg, was mm-hmm. sticking out of his skin, mm. and it was dried, and it was desiccated, and oh it had been there for about five days, and he came oh. in with his grandmother. He had fallen off the mule in the, in the field, and um, he knew he was hurt, but... The only way to get help would have been to go down the val- into the valley to get help, and they didn't have the money to take uh-huh. a taxi. So, mm. of course, we we supported him. We brought him down to the hospital. The um, only way to help him, of course, was to amputate that leg. Um, yeah. And the problem there, of course, is you know postoperatively what happens to a eight year old boy um, who can't afford even a taxi. Uh, ride down mm-hmm. into the valley. How is he going to get a prosthesis? How is he going to get rehab? How is he going to get healing? So, mm-hmm. um, there's issues with trauma, um, pregnancy complications. We see all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that amputation, if that hadn't occurred, it would have been his life. I would assume he eventually would have gotten an infection yeah, there and, infection. and died. Yeah. Oh boy. And like you say. Uh, Pregnancies, that's that's got to be a recurring theme. <laughs> People are constantly having babies. Women are. One thing that comes to my mind, and I see we've got only about three or four minutes left, is the sacrifice in, involved in, in all of this work. Um, you know, in, in our American society, there's certain people that are uh, fairly well off, and they, they've earned it, and I'm glad for them. Uh, often that is a doctor or or perhaps a lawyer, uh, that sort of thing. Um, some people might say this is too much sacrifice. Um, I could make more money if I wasn't doing this and helping people. Um, how do you how do you deal with that? Um, you've probably had the temptation of thinking, uh, oh, I don't want to do this because it's too costly. Um, how yeah. how do you deal with that? Uh, in many ways it was it's been a gift that I led such a secular degenerate selfish life before I came a Christian um, because I feel the Lord has really blessed me with the challenge now to number my days yes and to um, you know count my days and I know that for me there really is no cost because he has paid it all mm-hmm. and as a true Christian and disciple of the Lord, um, my prayer is that I would finish well. Mm. And um, if I am committed to the cause of Christ and the cause of the gospel, 
then I need to be completely surrendering uh, to him mm-hmm. and abandon myself for whatever purposes he would have me do. Mm. Clearly, there is that pull, that f- struggle between flesh and spirit and my desires, but every day I pray for his purposes, his agenda, um, his will uh, would be done in my life. And mm. um, there's really no sacrifice in what I do because Christ has made the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> Well, that's a good answer. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, we are out of time already for our program today. Perhaps someone would like to uh, ask a question of Dr. Imbarato, and uh, perhaps you're interested in, in joining him on one of these missionary trips. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. What we'll do is give you the Redeemer email address, and then any correspondence that comes in related to this will forward right away to Dr. Imbarato. And our email address is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Again, that's ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. If you'd like to hear this episode again, it's up on our website as a podcast. Check it out. We're located at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Just look under the drop-down called Programming, and then look for a plain answer. Well, Dr. Imbarato, it's been a real pleasure having you here in the studio with us today. And uh, our prayers go with you, and I hope that we stay in touch, because this is uh, very exciting work that you're involved in, and I want to thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Quick reminder, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 